the Color by Felix podcast. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Color by Felix podcast. Today, we have Sarah Simon, who is an amazing artist, also is a friend of ours. She lives in Seattle here. We met her here, and we're really excited to have her on the podcast. Thank you, Sarah, for being here today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's it's so much fun to chat with you guys. We've been friends for a while and to get to rehash about all the fun stuff that we've done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sarah, you're I mean, if I understand correctly, you're kind of partially responsible for, you know, get them uh, started on Instagram back in the day. I mean, can you guys yes. talk about that a little? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I can take much credit. Uh, oh, yeah, you can take oh, all the credit. <laughs> no way. You guys have worked so hard and talk about, I mean, people think that there's overnight successes and there just really is no such thing. You have to be willing to put in the work. And maybe when someone sees you for the first time, they go, oh, my gosh, look at you. You went from zero to a million in two seconds but they didn't see all of that work behind the scenes and utilizing all of your tools and really taking some of the tips that I gave you and just, I mean, expanding it and it just exploded. And obviously there's some incredible natural talent that you can't, you know, neglect, but uh, working hard is um, kind of the name of the game. So, yeah. yeah. I feel like it comes down to that old chestnut of like luck is really just, opportunity meets preparation right so it's like it's like felix already had the skill but it's still a vital component i think that you were there to give them the the idea and the knowledge but if they hadn't had that preparation right they wouldn't have been able to make use of that knowledge it would have been or it hadn't put in the hard work yeah and and sarah like we we um you were one of the first artists that were like really doing well on social media. And uh, we, it was, we were so like honored and, you know, we, we still today we're honored to have you here because, you know, that you made time for us to meet and, and just kind of help and give ideas over coffee. I remember that day. I won't forget I like know, every detail. I remember that day like yeah. it was yesterday. It's yeah. crazy. I was like was so, so excited. <laughs> yeah, it was so fun. You just wanted, I mean, I remember, you know, laying out kind of the things that I did that I saw that were working and that was successful. And um, I think that the community on Instagram uh, can be just a really cool, safe place. And Um, I always like to be an open book to share just because I feel like, um, you know, there's blessings in our lives. And when we get to pass that on and share that, it just multiplies the blessings and it feels better when everybody gets to play. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I just remember writing those out on some paper and uh, Felix, you uh, painted me a beautiful original piece, which I still have hanging in my house as a thing. (laughs) you um and yeah we had some good coffee at preserve and gather in seattle and it was just a really fun time that we just chatted yeah. it was really nice yeah it so, was just inspiring to to have that artist to artist talk and mm-hmm. you've been so generous opening your you know your what you're what's working and, and we were really thankful we won't forget that and so we kind of wanted to talk about your journey how you became you know, like when, how did that happen for you where you exploded on Instagram and all that? We'd like to kind of go back even further. Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah, no, it, um, 
So it was uh, 2014 is when I started my Instagram. Um, and it really started more as just kind of this outlet for me to um, be Sarah apart from a wife, a mom, everything else. Um, and I was nervous to share my art for the first time, um, especially in a medium that felt unknown. Um, and I remember coming up with uh, my handle, the mint gardener. Um, and it was a bit of a laugh actually between my husband and I, because I remember we were making dinner and just kind of like throwing out words and kind of just using sticky notes and brainstorming. And um, I love mint, uh, the flavor, the texture. I love how it fills the garden. And the joke really is, is if you garden, you know that you don't have to do much to make mint thrive. Uh, and that was how I wanted my art career to look. I just wanted it and to feel very like organic and like you, you know, you delicately put in this baby plant in your, you know, your little garden pot and you watch over it day after day. And then all of a sudden it just starts to really take off on its own. It roots. And before you know it, mint often moves from your flower bed to your, to your lawn. And then it travels all the way to your neighbor's flower beds and lawns. And everyone's like, Oh my God, stop the mint. Um, (laughs) I just loved that it would, you know, explode everywhere. And uh, we actually have it like strawberry mint, chocolate mint. I'm actually looking it up at it outside my window. And, um, it's, it was funny when we were throwing it out there because I was sharing more photos of my garden than I was of art at that time, just because it felt safer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember my, uh, my, my two daughters were very young then. And I remember being up in the middle of the night, taking care of them and uh, being utterly exhausted, but it was such a reprieve to be able to just get on Instagram. And it was still, um, you know, uh, chronological. So like I got to catch up on all of my friends activities that I missed throughout the day because of the chaos, but then I could catch up comment intentionally really soak in the art that I was loving in other people's gardens. And so it really fed that time that I could then reflect and felt confident that I had this good, this cool community and crew that were willing to say nice things back. Um, and that's what led me to be, to have enough, you know, courage to post for the first time. And it was, um, it was one of my, my plant lady characters that always covers her face when she's sharing something new, which I've come to see is totally my style. I'm like, here's me, but I'm still a little private. Um, (laughs) But I put her up and uh, it was automatically, everyone was just like, I want more of this, this plant lady. What is she going to do next? And Mm -hmm. her hashtag became um, Florence and her fascinations. So it was really just I, by the way I, I still have that print i kept it oh. you know those memories so that i remember that yeah mm-hmm. um, what year was that, that sarah that was in 2014 so um yeah uh, we're going on eight years now wow. which is wild so but yeah a lot of work in between there like i said i posted like- sorry there's a lag go ahead Oh, for sure. No, I was just saying 2014 was such a different time. Like the average person, if I remember correctly, like the word, the title content creator wasn't as much in like the mainstream vocabulary back then, you know, it was like, uh, 
we knew that people were out there doing it, but it wasn't the same conversation as like now in like the post Gary V world where, you know, everyone's got a neighbor who's a content creator or whatever. It's like, that was a very interesting and unique thing back then. So I don't know, were you like aware of the potential that that had to reach people or were you just kind of doing it for fun and for for yourself and your soul? Yeah. I mean, it definitely started for myself and my soul. Um, my husband actually was the one that was like, you're so talented. You cannot hide this. You have to do this. Um, and when I did start that Instagram, I actually didn't tell any family or friends. I only told him. Um, and so, cause I didn't want any sympathy likes. So, so it was like, so it was a separate one from your personal. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. I had my one that it was like my kids and everything. And then I was like, well, it, it it was kind of hedging my bets. I was like, I don't want any sympathy likes, but then I also don't want to look like a complete fool. If my mm-hmm. family is like, really, you're going to be some pretentious artist on Instagram. Um, so that was, <laughs> that was the separation of church and state there. Uh, and, and it felt good. It was like, cause mainly it felt good too, because the community that came on, I was like, I know this is super organic. Um, and yeah, Colin saw the potential of what it could be. Um, I was just so freaking thrilled that people liked my art and actually wanted to give me money for it. I was mm-hmm. blown away. I was like, wait, what, what? I, I'm an economics major. I don't actually know what I'm doing. Are you sure? <laughs> That's so um, cool. Yeah, it was really cool. That was mm-hmm. very fun. I mean, there's nothing like community. I think that's what we all want at the end of the day, deep down, you know, and like just to be connected with like-minded souls as us and like be seen for who we really are, you know? And so I think that's really awesome that you were able to find that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And that was early on and I still uh, follow a lot of those original people and they still follow me and it's pretty fun to, I mean, like you guys, I mean, it's just such a fun, um, and I know that a lot of people talk about the evils of social media and stuff, but I think that, you know, just like in all journalism, like if it bleeds, it leads, but we don't spend enough time on the stuff that's like really good about social media. And the fact that we can mm. connect with people all over the world. And like you said, find like-minded souls that we're all passionate about similar things. And it doesn't matter time zones or age or anything it supersedes like art transcends all of that so we get to connect on things that really matter that last and Mm -hmm. uh, social media completely enables that like Mm -hmm. 20 years ago there's no way we would have been able to have this kind of community as artists like there were always pockets right within cities Mm -hmm. and now we're our own pocket which is so cool I know we live in an interesting time. It's it's just crazy. How, well, like, I mean, like can... think of sorry. I just want to get this within really fast because I think this is like oh, go ahead. really cool. This excited me. What you just said, Sarah, is like I think that like think of people in past generations where like you know social media wasn't an option or having that level of connection wasn't an option. It's like you could be a really artistic person, but it was like either you made it as an artist and you got in on the specific circles and you know got to that really high level, or you just had to accept, look, I'm going to go work in insurance or whatever, right? There were only two choices. Mm -hmm. And then you buried that deep down and you probably, unless you were really proactive and found people in like your local community at say like a pottery class or something, like you would just basically live your life kind of hiding that part of you. And that's so sad to me. And that's, that's what's so amazing. I think about social media is like, Mm -hmm. now you get to, you don't have to be top of the dog pile 
You can just be somebody who's like, hey, this is who I am. I'm going to put it online and then connect with people, you know, and you get to express that part of yourself. You don't have to hide it, you know, or whatever. It's really powerful. So, so like when you opened your page, um, how often were you sharing and was it consistent? Was it right away you started like, all right, I'm going to start this thing and I'm just going to start staying consistent with it. Or did it grow over time where you started like, I'll just post once in a while and see how it does. And then, you know, if you could explain how, how that journey went for you. And what it was like when you started to actually see like more followers coming in. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The beginning days of Instagram, like we've all seen and experienced were very different. Um, like the feed was chronological. Like I said, um, there were no such thing as influencers. Uh, so I would post and I remember just feeling a little sweaty before I posted every time because of the vulnerability. And then also, like you said, the followers, like you would, you know, watch that count go up or down. And it was really hard to separate your identity from and your art from a follower count which i think mm-hmm. i mean being totally candid i still struggle with i mean everyone struggles with that it doesn't matter how many followers you have or don't have um you happen to be able to see the tick go up a little bit more when you have less followers so you're like you post something and you're really proud of it and you lose five followers and you're like ouch that hurt um <laughs> <laughs> you can't see that when you get a little bit higher. Um, cause I think we'd be like, ouch, a thousand followers. That yeah. sucks. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was a game from the beginning of watching, um, who I was as a human and balancing that between being a mom and a wife and then also being an artist and then also just being Sarah and knowing that my identity did not have to be wrapped up in my Instagram. And the further I distanced my personal feelings from the gram, the better my mental health and actually the better art I created, the more genuine my posts were. And it's just, it's it's like, you know, it's like telling someone with anxiety, don't worry. (laughs) It's very difficult to do as speaking as someone that has anxiety. So, um, I think it's a daily battle. I think it's like, all right, am I worth more than my posts that I just bombed? Um, is my art worthy of sharing? Even if no one sees it, uh, what would I do? What would I do today if Instagram disappeared? Um, would I still paint? And for me, the answer is a hundred percent. Yes. I love painting. And, um, Sebastian, it was interesting. You said that like, um, people, would bury that inside. And I did that for many, many years. Um, and I would just be secretly seething inside and so jealous of the people that got to paint. I remember going to like art walks in downtown Seattle and just being Mm -hmm. like bitter and sad. And like, I want to be doing that, but I didn't Mm -hmm. choose that path. And now I've, I, you know, I've got these shoes on and I've got to walk this path that I've chosen. Um, and so it's really cool that balance that social media has given us that we can live almost like this passionate lifestyle, even if it's not feeding us, um, physically, right. It might be feeding us more spiritually and emotionally, but, um, Mm -hmm. I definitely posted more often in the beginning to answer your question, Andrea, but, um, I, 
I have not been posting as often. Um, more just like I said, it's a daily battle. And right now it feels healthier for me to just post a few times a week, take that distance and actually spend more time painting. Um, and you know, once you build an empire, it's kind of nice to be like, all right, it can, it can stand on its own two feet. It doesn't have to invade my life. Um, but there is also that balance of like showing up for the work and knowing that if you don't fuel the fire, nothing's going to happen as an entrepreneur. So knowing that balance of like, I have to show up on social media, whether I feel like it or not, because it's my job and there's hard parts of every job, even if it looks like you're just this fluffy, happy painter that spends all their time mixing colors. (laughs) We all know that's not true at all, right? I I wish everyone would understand that more because then you, a lot of the jealousy would go away and a lot of the bitterness because I empathize with those people. Like, I don't think bitterness is the correct response, right? But I understand it as a natural response. Like, it's what you were saying. It's like, I've been in that position where I felt so weighed down by my responsibilities and other things. And I wasn't doing what really I'm put on this earth to do, which is make art, you know? And when you bury your truth, you're gonna get bitter, you know? And so that's like, the answer is obviously to express your truth and to make your art, whether you're being paid for it or not, right? But like, I understand. I can empathize with people who haven't found that path yet, you know, because it took all of us time to find that path. And I can empathize with people having that gut response to be bitter when they see somebody else out there just killing it, you know, but it's like, that's not the whole story, right? It's like that person had to go through their own struggles. They had to come overcome their own self-doubt and they're still working really hard, by the way, behind the scenes, you know, as you guys can both attest. Yeah. And it's encouraging to hear. I didn't know that, uh, um, that you started your Instagram and the art journey and had you have a family, you know, you had a family that's encouraging for people to listen because there's yeah. a lot of young people who are like doubting and like, Oh, maybe it's too late. Mm-hmm. I'm like 21 or 23, you know, and they're not married, but they're like thinking, Oh, maybe it's mm-hmm. too late. I missed my mark or something, but like, no, you know, like there's the, the like your, your testimony to that, you know, mm-hmm. and that's very encouraging to hear that. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. No, I remember thinking in college when I, I did, I, I wanted to be an art major, but uh, my dad's an engineer. And I remember him being like, you're the oldest of five kids, Sarah, the moment you get out of school, you're going to have bills. Like you need to get a job and a career. Otherwise I, you know, it's like, I remember him giving me very sound wisdom and it's pretty wild. Our world has changed. Like the jobs that I'm doing didn't exist when I graduated. So it's not like I even had this option, but it's cool how a path can go and you're young. And I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, I don't even have time to pursue art. Even if it's a hobby, I had plenty of time to watch the bachelorette, but But now, I mean, I remember, I remember my youngest, um, she was just born and I was working full-time at Microsoft and I remember like falling into bed at night and being like, my soul inside is dying because I cannot express how I feel. Um, I, words aren't doing it and I'm exhausted. Um, but I remember just being like, I truly had no time to do this. And it, it all comes back. I don't know if you guys have read, um, James uh, Beard's book. Is it James Beard? I might be butchering that. It's Atomic Habits. Is it James Beard? Um, I might need to look that up. Um, but it's Atomic Habits. And it's mm-hmm. 
just incredible. And he talks about how just like anything that's important in your life, you have to carve out time. You have to make mm-hmm. time for it or it's just not worthy of pursuit um, in your day. Uh, mm-hmm. He talks about like, it takes five years to build like a solid anything. And it's, wow. he talks about like, like 1% a day. If you can just do a little bit more 1% a day. Um, he used uh, the analogy of like working out or a diet or whatever. And he's like, there are no shortcuts to success. There is no magic mm-hmm. pill. There is no, oh, you know, someone just is an overnight success. And then they continue on this successful career path. He's like, you either choose to work today and you work hard for five years. And in five years, you're like, look how far I've come or you didn't. And at the end of the five years, you're still looking for the magic pill. Yeah. So either either way, the time has passed, right? The time is passing no matter what we do. So it's our 24 hours to carve the time out of. Um, And that was really powerful. I was Mm. like, that's so good. Not good. I know. Yeah. Did I butcher it? it. Is it Atomic Habits by like, oh I got to Google it. I hate mm-hmm. Well, it actually reminded me of something in my own life. There was a major breakthrough that happened like in the heat of the pandemic. Um, I found myself stuck in this position where I had no idea what I was going to do next. Right. I was like just tired and I felt like my whole day was being consumed by like, you know, figuring out where the money's going to come from and all that stuff. And I remember meeting with this, I went to acupuncture, right? Cause I had tried all kinds of stuff for my health. And then this acupuncturist ended up also being kind of like a therapist in a way. She was just very wise. And just like one of these people that's kind of has a very good healing kind of sensibility. Right. And she brought up this concept that completely changed my life, which was, this reminded me of it when you were talking about your time at Microsoft is that like, if you only allow time in your life for obligations or whatever, right? It's very easy to fill your entire life with obligations and responsibilities. We can all do it and we can all feel like a slave to that, you know, and we can always come up with justifications for why our whole day needs to be filled up with these different responsibilities. But like, if you don't feed yourself in some way, uh, it's, you're going to be drained, you know, mm-hmm. all the, like spiritually, you're going to, going to feel drained all the time. And because you're not fulfilling what you're on this earth to do, you know, and like, I'll be the first to admit, like the system we're in makes it hard, you know, like we all have to make such, we have to hustle and make so much money just to live a comfortable existence these days. Right. It's not like, but I think back in the day when it was just agriculture, like people worked on average, like 25 hours a week or something, you know, and you would work with the sunlight and all that. But like, anyway, long story short, I just, I didn't, I resisted her so much. I didn't want to do it. I'm like, no, I have to do so much in my day. I got to get up and get this done and this done and this done. And maybe at the end of the day, if I have time for art, I'll do that. And what she convinced me to do was actually start my day with some music or whatever, something that made me feel what she called expansive, you know, and then there's things that make you feel contracted. Right. And the contracted things was like me trying to force success out of these other ventures and stuff. But the expansive thing is like what makes you feel truly like open. And I realized that by starting my day, by actually like playing guitar at the beginning of the day, it was making, it was changing my whole state, my inner state, you know, because I was being true to myself and then the whole day went much smoother. And so, so anyway, bad. that was a really roundabout way of saying it, but mm-hmm. yeah. no, that's that was so good. Bad. That was good. Really good. That's what inspired me. What you saying reminded me of that because it's like you we're in this life situation where you're working so hard, but you're neglecting, you know, you're an artist, 
but that's not seeing any expression and then yeah right you're a frustrated artist I think because it's like you see something or maybe for you you would hear something and it's like I could do that I and this is inspiring me to to put my own unique fingerprint on this this you know it's like all the the um all the light bulbs start to go off when you're inspired in your mind and if you don't have the tools or you haven't carved out the time um it can feel very frustrating because you feel all of these exciting feelings but then you're like well, what's the point it's just feels so pointless um so uh, speaking about that um can you t- can you share about like how you chose watercolors and like how you got started there mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely and by the way it wasn't james beard james beard is the james beard award for food which i'm a very big foodie love food hence why it's james beard but it's james clear for a time okay. that's the correct author um yeah. Yeah. So I started actually in acrylic. Um, I, that was my most comfortable medium. Uh, that was what I kind of grew up being somewhat introduced to because my mom and my grandmother were both oil painters. Um, oh, but both, cool. yeah, both very frustrated artists, mothers <laughs> of five, uh, that never ever took it further than a painting or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I, did acrylic for a while. I drew a lot in high school. I, I remember um, Betty and Veronica, like Archie and Veronica, those comic books. Like I remember drawing that when I was little, like practicing. I love to draw. I remember I was like an Uber nerd in school and I loved <laughs> getting, I loved getting A's and then I would find any way that I could get an A plus. And oftentimes <laughs> it was like so geeky, but I loved it. And I, I loved science and biology. And I remember asking if I could get extra credit if I drew the experiment that we were working on, like with the beakers and all the like tongs and stuff. And um, I I would get, you know, I think I graduated by biology class. Like it was like, I was like a 4.8. And I'm like, how do you even get a 4.8? Oh my gosh. (laughs) So that was, that was how I would use my art to like supplement my um, science and my growing up. I loved it. But like I said, when I went to college, um, time felt more crunched and it started to feel pointless. I started to kind of believe the lie that like, if something like you were saying, Sebastian, if something isn't going to make you money, there's no value. We drop Mm. the intrinsic value of what art gives us and we completely negate it because of our society. Right. It's like, if it's not equivalent to a dollar, then why am I spending any time on this? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that got dropped. And then I, um, I actually fell and broke my foot and sprained my ankle. Um, we were on a vacation uh, in Key West and in like one fell swoop, I was out and it was like a half of a stare and a flip-flop. It shouldn't have even happened, but I like just knocked myself out. So I got back and realized, you know, we're going into the fall in Seattle and the fall in Seattle means lots of rain and then eventually lots of snow. And I had a big boot on and uh, my husband, who was my fiance at the time, um, he loved going to all the Husky football games and there was no way I already had to like commute to Microsoft for work. I was not going to also get on a bus on the weekends and go watch these games. So I was like, I'm going to pass this time. Um, and 
one of my very best friends who was an art major at school uh, took me to uh, the artists and craftsmen in Seattle. And she was like, you can't move, so you will paint. Mm. <laughs> 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 it was injury was the return, which was really nice. And then um, um, something as a surprise to Colin for his um when we got engaged and he didn't even know that knew that I draw like would draw or paint or anything and and Colin saw that and he was like oh my god you're never stopping so mm. when when I, I would paint and do all those things and then I would like slide my easel into the closet when people came over because I, I didn't want to own that title I was I felt pretentious and embarrassed um and so then when the babies came it was like time felt even tighter and watercolor was a, a much more readily accessible medium um you know acrylic you get it out and it can dry quickly if you don't have a designated time to use it and watercolor I found I could do it in the middle of the night I could um pour out paints and then someone cries so I could just leave it and come back uh any painting I was in the middle of everything would just dry in my palette and then I'd add water to reanimate it so it was a very versatile medium just for my time in life and it also happened to coincide really well when watercolor was starting to really take off on Instagram and people were starting to be like oh I can access this medium it's not crazy expensive and look I can you know so that was that was a very serendipitous thing I believe that you were one of the first watercolor artists that made it, you know, inspired many, you know, in watercolor on, a, you know, in the, the Instagram. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I count it so beyond a privilege and a blessing. Like, you know, like we said, there's a lot of work that goes in, but also just showing up and um, happen to being, you know, very blessed that your timing. Mm -hmm worked out really well was um I'm forever thankful of that and when I am kind of begrudgingly returning to emails or even like painting something that I'm like I gotta do this it's like no I get to do this this yeah. is such a gift that I mm -hmm. get to do it. so it's a good mindset to remember it's a blessing so at what point was it like you were like um I, I'm, I'm gonna like, you realized that you could do it like as a job, you know? So you're like sharing, you're doing watercolors, you're growing your audience. And then at what point were you like, okay, this is actually like my job, you know? It was another, um, just like returning to painting was like, oh, let's just break your foot and ankle. So you can't move. Um, the job happened because I got laid off at Microsoft. I didn't have an option. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. It was, it was really wild. It was like uh, they actually laid off the whole HR department. So it was like in one of those major recessions that we had. And um, Colin was like, you're collecting unemployment. This is no time like the present. Time to turn on your Etsy shop. Like if you needed the boot, you got it. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's all sweaty. <laughs> Pressure's on. Actually, yeah, it's right. it's actually that's that's interesting because I think that's even what happened with us. Like mm -hmm. that when we when I had to because I was still working a couple other jobs, random jobs, and then when I when we decided to, you know what, 
that's it. Let's just stop and like really focus on this. It, it kind of gave that boost of like, all right, I have to There's make it no work. There's no other choice. Yeah. Like you have to make it work. <laughs> yeah. And then your creative mind starts to kick in a, a little bit more. And then you start to like really put in the, like almost a hundred percent of it, you know, into this. Mm. Yeah. And so what happened? So what happened then? So that was kind of like the beginning of when I was sharing my Instagram and my husband and I were making dinner and playing with the names and stuff. Cause I knew that my it, the, Etsy was, it existed, but there wasn't like a, an organic amount of traffic flowing through Etsy at that point. So um, I was reading online and like, how do I make my Etsy successful? Lots of Googling, you know, it's people ask me a lot of questions and it's so funny. I'm like, Google is a fantastic resource, actually. <laughs> uh, and I remember them being uh, just reading an article how like uh, use other sites that people are more familiar to to drive traffic to your Etsy. And so I had my Instagram, I had Pinterest, which I played with. I don't really keep it up, but I do it for fun. And then, um, but Instagram was really where I, I found a resonating community and where I was like, I am such a visual person. So having this tiny little square that I got to say things and then connect a quote with, like that just was my jam. So um, that was, so I got laid off. I collected unemployment. I had like kind of this six month sweet spot to see if I could sell some paintings. And um, thankfully I had, you know, my husband was like, let's invest in your business. I'll pay to have all of your art scanned and put online. <laughs> and then it was really sweet. It was cute. But then he made the mistake of saying, whatever money you make is yours. You don't have to pay bills. You just go for it. And I was like, I don't have to pay bills. Okay. <laughs> 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 that was pretty sweet. We have since renegotiated the original contract. So. <laughs> um, Sebastian, while you can't talk, I'm going to tell you a fun story while you're trying to figure this out. Um, so you were talking about that, um, like being able to do something that expanded you versus contracted you. Brene Brown talks about that. She calls it the in-breath and the out-breath. And she talks about how so many things in our life take from us and that we have to find something that lets us breathe in so that we have more of ourselves to give, or at least to give our best selves. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading that early, especially when my kids were little and just feeling like, like, you know, when you like suck a juice box, like a Capri Sun and it's like really full and lovely and, you suck it, and it's just like, you know, really, you can't. You're hearing my audio, so you can't see me scrunching up like a Capri Sun. But um, the idea is you're just like your whole essence is just sucked out. And that in-breath and out-breath so resonated with me. I was like, I need to breathe in. And so, I mean, to this day, you can ask my family. They often find their clean laundry on the couch or maybe in a pile on their bed. And it's kind of like good luck. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't wash dishes as much as I probably should. You you see a very nice, pretty studio behind me, but upstairs is a total, it's a crapshoot. Like, it, <laughs> it, it depends on the day, whether the house is clean or not. And so my priorities, I've learned to shift them because we only have so many hours in the day. And if it comes down to me painting or um, me doing the laundry, I will paint. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I relate a lot to that. I think that there are only so many hours in the day. And I think that like, as an artist, it's important to not put pressure on yourself to do everything perfectly, you know, 
like there are going to be seasons where you have to make some sacrifice or other, you know, I would recommend not making that sacrifice sleep. That's usually the first thing that people go to, Mm. but like sometimes, like you said, it's like, Hey, maybe I leave the dishes in the sink for a day and I get this piece of art done because that's going to make me feel so much better. And yeah. We recently, we recently uh, learned not to like, we have also had to shift recently our priorities and stuff because we moved to Puerto Rico and you can't leave food out in the, you know, the, the kitchen sink because you get like ants and stuff coming up. So like, we're like, oh man, that's different than Seattle. So now we have to shift some of the things. Yeah. I still still leave dishes sometimes. I just wash them off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love it. True confession. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I remember like is- even right with something, sorry, I oh, no. like something that's similar on that same topic is like somebody was recently kind of lamenting to me like, oh man, because I've been taking advantage of TikTok, right? And I post twice a day and I just hit 101 days of doing that in a row. Wow. And um but I understand that that's not like somebody was lamenting like, Oh, I could never do that. Blah, blah. And what I was saying is, look, I sacrificed to make that happen. Like that takes at least an hour, sometimes two hours out of my day to come up with the ideas and film them and all that stuff. And like, and come up with informative things to say. And so what I was saying is it's like, yeah, it's just a season for everything. Right. It's like, I'm not always going to be as engaged as I am now on TikTok. It's just that like, this right now is the chess piece mm-hmm. that I feel like I can move forward. And then there's other areas of my life that I'm not investing in as much. Like I haven't built a website for myself yet or any business infrastructure around that, but there will come a time for that. And so it's like, I think, yeah, maybe just don't put pressure on yourself to do it all at once. Like you can let certain things slide a little bit while you focus on one thing. And then Mm -hmm. absolutely. I have a really good person. If you need a referral for a website build. Okay. Yeah. I might hit you up for that. Actually, that'd be great. (laughs) Yeah. Wonderful couple. Web Prism is their, um, they're building their business too. And they're just Mm -hmm. so talented. He's so intuitive. It's incredible. So if you want that, I can give that to you. Um, but it's, it's like where you spend your energy, right? Like don't, don't sacrifice sleep. Don't sacrifice your physical body because everything just goes to, it goes bad from there. Right. I made the mistake of actually doing kind of like for going exercise when I was trying to finish a book and I actually sat with my leg crossed and bent over and I drew my entire cookbook or cookbook coloring book in a month. And, um, I screwed up my hip to where oh like, I didn't physical therapy. Yeah. Like for, I mean, oh. I still like have to do this silly exercise with my leg. And if I don't do it, it starts to bother me again. And I'm like, uh-huh. as an artist, we almost like want to be like cerebral and then just perform whenever. But if you neglect like sleep or eating or exercising, like I'm saying neglect Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> we all could neglect a few shows yeah. and that's an hour, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. So I want to kind of go back a little bit and talk about like when we first met and the advice you gave us. And I want to share that. And then I also want to share, um, then I also want to ask you now for more advice on, um, things like what you're doing now and like share with us kind of where you're at in your business now. So back in time, 
This was 2017. And basically how we met Sarah is my mom and her mom are friends. And so she told us about you and your Instagram. Your mom was telling my mom about that because she knew Felix was an artist. So we checked you out and that's how we found you. And so at that time I was like, we didn't know what to do because Felix was doing jobs he hated. And I was like, okay, I know he really loves art this Sarah has obviously been successful at it. So I want to like see what she's doing. So I was like reaching out to her, seeing how we could meet up, how we could add some kind of value. Cause we didn't have money to pay you how we can pick your brain. Yeah. And I, I wanted to somehow add value to you. So Felix is like, I know I can paint her an original, at least that. Um, so you're so, so kind to meet with us. And when we met, you shared with us, I specifically remember you gave us the advice to, um, share the process, not just the finished painting. Cause that's what we were doing at the time. You also gave us the advice to post consistently as if it were your own TV show. And then, um, what like cli- clips of you were, you were giving suggestions of clips of like maybe some videos mm-hmm. and at that time i wasn't really doing time lap videos or anything like that but you gave ideas like maybe you can record the process and i was like i don't know anything about editing or recording i was like oh that's such extra work you know i didn't really want to do that but i but i i, I like i kind of i was like yeah maybe you're right you know i have to try something different the the one thing that stood out to me was like when you said you have to show like the process tell a story you know don't just like have a finished thing tell like bits and pieces of the story and that kind of like was one of the big things we took out of our you know conversation so we we took everything gave us and from there we um realized things on our own once we started to see that it was what you're saying is totally true um and basically like now i'm curious what how is your business going what have you learned throughout this whole process and um any advice for like people who are starting now i guess yeah that was good yeah or i forgot videos weren't really a thing then were they Mm -hmm. no we we brought that in i remember you being like oh crap i have to edit we talked about different apps right and it was like okay what apps would help to edit oh yeah and it's so funny because i remember um i had to drag felix to this meeting he at first he's like ah is it really gonna be i don't know i don't know (laughs) do you know how artists are they like they're like a little bit like (laughs) like kind of like um it's not that they don't want to meet. It's it's almost like harder to get them out to to do that. And Andrea <laughs> yeah, helped me to hard. Andrea helped me to do that. And I'm so happy that she did. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I was like, this was a really good meeting. I was more excited <laughs> than she was. You know. So yeah, it's it's cool when you meet someone that compliments you and brings out the best in you. Like that was uh, my brother actually just got married yesterday. Oh, oh congratulations, cool. Alex! Did, yeah, so mm. Alex and Dana they're on their way to Greece right now um yeah but it's it was I was reminded of that you just reminded me of that too is like it's really cool when you marry someone or you're really good friends with someone that you want to be like Mm because you recognize that they have things in themselves that you admire and you want to be more like um 
and that's definitely that sounds like similar to me in Colin's relationship I would just um stay in my little hobbit hole and never have painted and just been like um okay I'm just really kind of sad I can't paint been sad about it but he was like don't waste don't waste yourself so um yeah I, I think the advice for people now because Instagram does change daily and the algorithm is a game in and of itself um mm-hmm not something that is not worthy of time. Um, I definitely think you can still absolutely make it on Instagram and share on Instagram. Um, but it's kind of like that, that James Clear advice is like, if you don't change something today, even 1%, you're going to be exactly where you are in five years, no matter what you do with that time. So you have a choice, right? And, you know, TikTok is a great, example um they actually paid me to do a campaign for them um post 30 days in a row and i did wow. and it was not my jam i was exhausted um so that's rad you found it and love it uh, and i think different mediums lend themselves better to some and other different generations and stuff yeah. um but i I think start. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of the biggest thing. If you just feel even just the smallest spark of inspiration from listening to this podcast, you know, write it out, write out what you want to do. Um, I, 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 I kind of, I've never done a five or a 10 year plan because five or 10 years ago, I would never have been where I am today. And mm-hmm. actually I heard another person talking about like, that actually would have limited me if I had written out a 10 year plan and had this projection, would I have taken the risk to create today <clears throat> or to do this today? that really changed the trajectory. If I had known where I wanted to be, I would have been like, no, no, that doesn't fit. So, but this is also coming from like an Enneagram three wing four, where I, um, that's the, the, uh, achiever. So like, I, I have a hard time not knocking things out in a day. I have a to-do list. It's on, it's synced with all of my devices. I'm the person that writes things down after I've done them just so I can click that little box. Uh, <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> That's me. I love it. So um, funny. It's ridiculous, but I just did it all this morning. I was like, oh, I did that. Oh, I did that. And click, click, click. <laughs> um, I have, I have validated my existence today, which, um, <laughs> I have to be really, that's, that's a personality gift and a flaw. Like I have to be really careful with like weighing myself in the balances and deciding the energy that I spend in the day. But, um, I think starting now and following that inspiration and, um, just showing up for yourself. I think that that's so huge. Like Mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing I think is just showing up like, and there's some days where you just, you can't, and that's okay. I mean, Mm -hmm it's, Mm -hmm. it's okay. I think giving yourself the grace to then realize that every day is a new day and you didn't show up yesterday, but you can show up tomorrow. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I think that like, I, I have ADHD, you know, I've had my whole life and like people think you're being lazy or flaky or whatever. It's kind of like seen as quirky because you behave in very quirky ways. But like on the inside, it can be very anxiety inducing. You know, it's just basically like you spend your life in this state of anxiety, like always knowing that there's something more important you should be doing that you're forgetting or whatever, or haven't started on. And I think that that was a huge lesson is like, just whether you have ADD or not is like you said, every day is a new day, you know, like it doesn't matter if I have a whole week and I wasted my time or whatever. It's like, just 
forgive and move on, mm-hmm. you know, or even with this like TikTok stuff, like the fact that I've been consistent for 101 days is like remarkable for me, given my personal history. But it's like, the only reason I was able to do that is like, hey, it's a new project. It's a new day. Let's just start this and see how we can do it, you know? And it doesn't matter how many times you've failed in the past or how many times you haven't been consistent in the past, you know? It's like, you just gotta, at some point you gotta stop beating yourself up and just say, hey, we're starting a new chapter here, you know? Mm-hmm. regardless of what age you are by the way guys because again i'm i'm coming on 32 you know like all you 22 year olds whining about how you're out of time just stop it <laughs> yeah and like, like, tell my former self right stop watching the bachelorette sarah Pick yeah. <laughs> yeah felix started at 27 with his art so mm-hmm. right and that's not like not too late. age either yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so my question for you, Sarah, is what are like, what is a project you've been working on or what's something like with your career as an artist that like you accomplished that you're super proud of or something that you want to share that you've been working on? Oh, that's good. Yeah. A lot of it's fun as you start to take on bigger projects and stuff. They, I used to do projects and I'd be like one and done sweet. You're off. Um, and that, again, that really fueled my checkbox uh, mm-hmm. personality. But what I've learned is some of these bigger projects, like a book, mm-hmm. um, you write them for months and months and you show up every day and you haven't created any content, but you've done so much work, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so just knowing that there is like that slow burn of a project that is worthy of time. Um I just submitted uh, my fourth book manuscript on. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. We have, uh, I was going to say we have your book and like, it's so beautiful. Beautiful. I mean, it's, it's like detailed and it goes step by step and it's very easy to understand and gives you good, you know, tutorials, practices, and it's beautiful, beautiful, you know, beautifully designed and everything. You did a really good job on that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, part of that's partnering with the best publisher ever. Right. And knowing that someone honors your ideas and takes them into consideration, but now that it's like, we have such a cool relationship I mean, we text back and forth and he'll throw like other pitches my way. He's like, does this fit in our mold? Like, could this be Penguin? I'm like, yes, no. So it's, it's really fun. It's, mm-hmm. it's fun cool. to have that relationship and the street cred, right? You're like, okay. But it's wild because I looked at the calendar and I'm like, it's June 13th. It's been a month since I submitted that manuscript and I am still so tired. <laughs> wow. But, but how does it feel? How does it feel when you submit like that? Like, even though you're tired, right? Like that feeling is like so worth it, right? Oh, it's so worth it. I usually like, um, do something kind of like wild and extravagant for myself, but like, I wouldn't do like, I kind of like hold out a carrot. I like that. And, um, like I'm wearing a necklace right now. That's like a really beautiful piece of art that I bought to support my friend, um, Molly Debiak. That's an artist too, but she's a jeweler, but I was like, it's this really cool woman's head. Um, and I was like, this is awesome. Like, I love this and I'm going to give this as a gift to myself. So every time I wear it, I know Mm. that I submitted 
book four and it felt so good. So it's like a piece gets a story, which obviously adds to the joy of it because a story like, you know, in a world we can get anything, anytime as a, you know, first world problems, right? Um, it's nice to have something that's unique or that has a story to go with it. Kind of like what we talked mm-hmm. about with our art. Um, but yeah, so I'm very proud of the book and it feels really good. And Oftentimes I do things like that and I like hit submit and I just, I'll sit for a while on it. I won't tell. It's probably like my Instagram. I don't tell anyone I did it and it just, I don't know. It's like something I like hold inside and I, it's like a little treasure. I just get to savor for a while before I share. I'm like, Oh, only I know that. And that feels really good. And it feels just like, I don't know. This feels really nice. Yeah. And this book it's um, for um, like people who want to learn watercolor. Yes. So my first book was that uh, Modern Watercolor Botanicals, which was like, I consider my watercolor encyclopedia. So it was my book I had to write if I was going to be responsible to watercolor. If like, you know, for posterity in 500 years and the world isn't over and, you know, burned to a crisp, wouldn't it be cool (laughs) if my book was still in print and I contributed something to the art world, right? So that was that. And then I did the coloring book and broke my hip. And then, Aww. then I then I did watercolor workbook, which is the pink covered one, and that's the one that has like watercolor paper inside with my lines already drawn, so that anyone at any phase in their art career can just sit down and paint. The book already has the most beautiful paper in it. There's the instructions, the color recipes. All you have to do is grab some paint and a paintbrush. That's and cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the cool. next book. Um, So watercolor workbook is, has been amazing. And that was my publisher. He's like, you got to do another one of those. And so we're going to do, the plan is to do a series of them. So it's the second in the series. So the fourth book, but the second in the watercolor workbook series, and it's animals and botanicals. So feathers, fur, and flowers. And if people are looking for those, will they find them published under Sarah Simon or the Mint Gardener? They're under Sarah Simon. They're under the Mint Gardener. They're on Amazon. They're um, they're at any like of your little bookstores that um, has a relationship with Penguin Random House. So it's pretty cool. So if you walk into any of your bookstores that you love to support locally and you're like, I want watercolor workbook or I need these books by Sarah Simon, you can tell them that and they can actually contact their distributor and they can order even just one for you. Oh, it's, it's rad. I, I made sure I was like, I want this to be, I don't want them to have to buy like 50 books. I want them to be able to buy one just to get it in the book so that people can actually feel it and see it and smell it. Just smell a book. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my favorite. That's why I can't do a Kindle. I'm like, I'm terrible. It's like 10 pounds of every suitcase is always whatever sci-fi fantasy yeah. I'm reading. So <laughs> And smelling, apparently. <laughs> now, Sarah, do you have a, do you have a heart out? Because I think you have to pick up your. I do. I have to pick soon, up right? Do we? Should we wrap I it up? Do. We should. Yes. All right. right. Cool. Back to real well, life. Gosh dang it! Can I just? I know. I know. I, I had a few. <laughs> I had a few more questions I wanted to ask you, but I, we can always okay. have you back. Yeah. We can we'll always have back. you yeah. back. Cool. Wow. That's, right. that's well, thank you, Sarah, so much for, you know, sharing with us and being here again today, man, time flies. That's yeah. crazy that we're back out here um, and, and doing this. Hopefully maybe in the future, we'll again, meet up and have coffee, you know, yeah. <laughs> that'd be fun. Um, but thank you so much for sharing your story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come, come say hi. Anytime you're in Seattle, we'll do this and 
that'd be really fun to do it face to face. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you to yeah. the Colorado Felix community as well for listening in. We hope to see you guys next week and be sure to follow Sarah at the Mint Gardener on Instagram. And have a great week, guys. See you next time. Take care, everyone. Really nice meeting you. Bye, Sarah. All right, Sarah. Have a good day. Bye.